Good evening, everyone. I guess it's almost night. I mean, it is. Good night. (laughs) And thank you for listening to another episode of Social Accountability with Jet. It's your girl, JJ. Halfway through March, this year feels as though it's going by so incredibly fast. And if you're anything like me, then maybe you've dropped a couple of those New Year's resolutions already. And if you listened to my last podcast, I'm almost positive because I chose to speak about my eating habits. This week, I slipped up way too many times as a self-sabotaging affair. Disordered eating is almost such a taboo discussion in America's environment, rather the capitalist environment that occurs worldwide, because it's so specific to ensuring that food is catered to pleasure and comfort. It is a common cultural practice to celebrate with feast and dine, enjoying the cuisine and intake as a special occasion. It is a gratifying experience for those whom can afford to indulge. We all have them, addictions. I'll speak on my soapbox with a, such conviction because we are all such habitual beings, thriving off the dopamine and pleasures that we find. If only I wasn't a pleasure seeker towards the things that bring such negative visual consequences. I learned at an early age that this brings a great deal of judgment by peers. And if you project confidence, even further judgment. Because did I not know that it's such a bother to be seen? But in a way, it's also truly a blessing. I immediately feel the consequences of my actions, and I can either choose to continue hurting myself, because that is what it accurately is, the perspective of self-harm, and a deforming, deferring form than to have one gasp and gore, right? Or I can make the necessary changes and take each day as a new stepping stone to the higher self I strive to become. It is always a learning experience when we fail, but the most important measure is to get back up again. I do not strive for the perfect body. That seems shallow and unnecessary. I do strive for a healthy body, one that will prolong my days here and carry me further throughout this life. I had a doctor's appointment today, and I found out that I had gained four to six pounds. And I love my roommate, Christina, because she immediately suggests maybe it's water weight. And sometimes I need that wishful thinking, false positivity to prevent shame that I don't necessarily need to experience. However, when I self-reflect this past week's habits, I consider how the both of us smashed an entire Publix cookie cake together, mostly me. I'm also quickly reminded that I have been making poor choices all the time. Poor choices to purchase these items and bringing them in the home, snagging sweets from the kitchen net at work due to St. Patty's Day parties, or simply just not saying no. And these choices have caused a consequence. And if I continue to resonate and continue to throw myself a pity party, I would allow the guilt to take too much of my spirit away. The reality is, I had an incredibly hard week and too many events outside of my control that negatively impacted me. I regressed to my old habits because it was easier to do so than to admit my emotions in the moment and to process them. I was hurt. I've been hurt. And someone whom I thought was loving towards me did it so easily. And I did it to myself. It is hard to admit embarrassment. And it is hard to admit when plans didn't quite work out like you had hoped. There is a sulkiness in not receiving the projective expectations we imagined for oneself. There is a sense of blame when people are incapable of taking accountability within oneself. 
I often have these fantasies of expectations for others and within myself, and sometimes they help me produce beautiful fruit at heights that are remarkable. However, it's a probability guess on whether which outcome will truly result in what is necessary for the whole, as more than I have a role. I do believe that I have gotten better at promoting positivity and empowerment in my surroundings. It's something I work towards every single day. It's in my job role. But I find it so hypocritical when I don't project that same grace to myself. People walk this life with this idea that they truly are in control. People have manipulated their own minds and the reality of their surroundings as a coping mechanism than rather living in the truth that lies before them. And maybe you're not quite where you thought you would be by now, and that disappointment has brought you to that findings. Maybe with all the resources and tools at your disposal, the view is different when you look at whom has provided you those aids. Maybe they expect compensation with an affirmation or with literal funds, and that wasn't the result. Does anyone actually do it out of the kindness of their own heart? Or is there an obligation to fulfill a certain image? And why is that image so important to withhold? For all we have is our name, then to keep it clean means making choices that aren't mistaken. But that doesn't happen. We are all going to make mistakes. It's embedded within our nature, making mistakes and learning from the outcomes. I don't begin to understand the world in its entirety. Too much of the processing is without my current reach. But I do believe in a larger purpose. I believe that we all simultaneously belong to that purpose and that our adaptations and change is necessary for the finale. I wish love was the only addiction all of us had. Loving others, loving God, loving ourselves, loving and accepting that love. Emotions are valid and they present for understanding, but how is it that we struggle with love? I made the connection to overeating as a self-harming measure, and I would suggest starving oneself is another example. Example. Anything really that you knowingly participate in, despite the understanding that it is bad for you and your body, is a level of self-harm. A healthy individual feels the need to maintain a level of functioning to prevent any unwanted self-harm. So why do we partake in these practices and why do we judge them so broadly? Why are we so accepting to an unhealthy mind? Mental health is a large-scale pandemic. As suicide deaths are increasing at rates unattainable, And for anyone who knows me, suicide is a very specific topic to my heart. I have a passion for those who are entrapped in its snare, never truly placing the awareness that by doing the things I needed to, and or I'm sorry, by not doing the things I know I needed to, and doing partaking in things such as overeating, partaking in risky behavior and measures, was my form of suicide. It was just at such a slower rate. And also, it's more accepted by society as a whole. I always said I was more likable to homicide than I was ever towards suicide, which is so ironic because I often help others with their most inner crisis, but lack the motivation to coordinate my own. Until now, finding that confidence to change, to adapt, or to do better was not within my reach. 
that and that motivation is not within me alone. We all have to choose it. It's also a battle that we do every single day. I asked the leader of this new church I have been attending why their missionaries went specifically to Scotland. Most of the missionary trips I had ever heard of were of churches sending drones of resources to like third world countries in the name of Jesus, suggesting that this was his fruit for them. And it it seems beautiful. And ultimately, who am I to say anything of that progress? But what do we actually know and show love to be? So anyway, Scotland was a huge surprise for me. And her reason behind their trip was even larger. She said it was suicide. She explained that the government in Scotland was so religiously intertwined that many individuals born within lower resources or find themselves not successful, they believe the larger magnitude that exists within the world's psyche and that their lives are meaningless. How do we as society members not recognize that we promote this idea? That a caste system or our skin color or our production somehow makes us more superior. I am not a fan of how government combats mental health. They see those losses as a necessary outlier to ensure those at the top stay at the top. Because as long as there is hope for change within production, people will destroy themselves at the fantasy that they can be at the top one day. Those at the top are no more deserving. I am no more deserving than my neighbor. What if, in order for us to get into heaven, it was all of us whom had to open the gate? What if it was all of us or none of us? How might you live differently? And I care so much about those whom surround me, those whom have hurt me, those whom are hurting, because I've felt it, and I've been there, in those shoes I've walked. I can imagine their suffering. And when you look back... It almost seems pointless that suffering still exists. No more blood ought to be shed. No more tears ought to be produced. And love should be what is at the forefront of all of our lives. And yet it's not. It's often not at all. And I challenge you this evening to love. To sit with yourself and to process what that love looks like. What does it mean to love and how can we better show that love to those around us? And if you are in my life directly... I would love for you to let me know how I better can love you. I do well with tough love, compassionate, but direct love. But I realize not everyone accepts love in that format. And recently I realized that some people witness that as an attack. And that is fair. I don't get to suggest it's not. But love, how do you love yourself and how do you love others? And are you capable of love without sexual intimacy? Are you capable of love without direct care? I once described love as more than the opposite of hate. It is a strong energy of light and purpose, a definitive peace, an acceptance, an attraction to purity, wholesomeness, vulnerability, and grace. It is being and feeling allness. It can involve a multitude of energies, but truly all you need is one's energies within and withholding it with every ounce of being. I love myself daily. Jesus encouraged me to do so. I've loved myself the majority of the walk on this earth so far. There have been times when I've allowed others to convince me that I am unworthy of love and have even attempted to prove them wrong. But the reality is the chip on my shoulder is a cornerstone of conviction. 
I am thankful their words do not prevail, for the armor I have around me is a promise. It is a faith that I believe deeply in. I am always worthy of love. You are always worthy of love. Nothing that you can do can change that. And often those hurting and those who project the most hate are those hurting the most. Love cannot always be reliably found in others, though oftentimes love through others can remind and teach us how to better love ourselves. So again, I challenge you to love in every moment that you live, to love those around you, to love yourself, to love the purpose that is at our feet. For I believe in a God that loves, and I believe in a society that loves. We just have to choose to walk in that love daily. And I hope that this message is helpful for for whomever it needed to reach today. And if you are seeking answers, I continue. I ask you to continue. If you've never attempted a conversation with the Creator, maybe it's time for you to try. He is always listening, and He is always watching. Be vulnerable and love yourself enough to explore the possibilities. Thank you again for all who have listened to this evening with another episode of Social Accountability with Jet. I'm keeping you all within my prayers every night. Love, your girl JJ.